Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hi, friends. If you follow me on social media, you know that I'm coming off an amazing weekend where I was able to go see Jen Sincero in Milwaukee for her nine city anniversary book tour for You Are a Badass. First of all, if you've never read the book, you must. I really believe it should be required reading for every human on this planet. I've gifted this book to more people than I can count. And secondly, there were things that I manifested about the night, like sitting in the first row and getting to meet Jen Sincero that made everything so magical. I think I'm going to do an upcoming episode on manifestation because we really do overcomplicate how it works. And that will be a fun topic to dive into. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. My guest today is Lynn Marion. She is an intuitive life coach that uses her gifts with Akashic Records and Neuro Linguistic Programming, or NLP, to create a very specialized and unique environment for her clients. For those of you that know about Akashic Records, Lynn studied directly with Linda Howe, which is a huge deal because Linda is such an expert in her field. As I've mentioned before, I kind of went on an interview binge back in the fall. So these episodes that are airing now were actually recorded about six months ago. As a side note, I learned a lot in that process and we're almost to the end of those interviews. But the point is that this particular interview was the first peak, the first breadcrumb, if you will, that I had into the NLP world. I honestly didn't know much about it when Lynn and I talked, but my curiosity was piqued and it didn't take long for me to go down a rabbit hole. So what I do now is sort of the overarching process that NLP falls under. So it's not exactly the same, but I don't know if I ever would have started down this path without this conversation. So a big thanks to Lynn for getting that ball rolling for me. We'll talk more about how Lynn had her own experience of finding Akashic Records. It just goes to show how much of your life can expand when you stay open to possibility. Some of what we talk about today is releasing expectation of what you think things will look like, how once you illuminate something that you can choose to transform it immediately, and how to get your body involved so that you can go deeper on connecting with your intuition. This is a juicy one, so without further ado, let's welcome Lynn to the show. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to the show. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited you're here. So the way I like to start all of my guest episodes is by having you choose either blue or red, and I will choose a random question from either a blue book or a red book, depending on which you choose. Okay, I love this. So I will go with red. If you could bankrupt one person or company, who or what would it be? Wow. Okay. It's funny because it's not one particular person that's coming to me, but it's kind of like any type of government that is corrupt. Yes. That would bring it down (laughs) for the community. And then we'll disperse the money evenly among all the citizens. (laughs) That's what I would do. 
I'm with you 100%. Let's do it. I don't know how, but (laughs) all right. I would love for you to start by telling my listeners, what was Lynn like as a child? What did you do for fun? What was your personality like? Okay. So I have the most beautiful souvenirs as a childhood from my childhood, because I spent a lot of time in nature. I was born in a small city. Actually, it's Shania Twain's city. It's Timmins, Ontario. (laughs) And so, um, for example, in my backyard, we could go skidooing. Like, it was just really, really nature type. And so I spent hours and hours outdoors with friends, and we would just connect. And there was no internet, so it was just fabulous. I remember being super joyful because I draw all my drawings, even when I was four or five, all had sunshine and these big smiles. And I remember my maternal grandmother looking at me and saying, wow, you're really happy. (laughs) Like I was five years old and she just looked at me. And so for me, I associate my childhood with being highly joyful and connected with nature. And friends. Yeah. Always Mm. a bunch of friends. That's amazing. I have to ask, what is skidooing? (laughs) I am not familiar with that. So, you know, a skidoo, like um, on the snow, a snowmobile. Like a snowmobile. Okay. Okay. Oh, you guys call it skidooing. That's so fascinating. (laughs) I guess like you could call it both, I guess, because the company's name is a skidoo. Like that's what was written on it. So we'd call it skidooing, but it's actually maybe snowmobiling. Interesting. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I've never heard that before. I love it so much. And I used to be, I still am, although she, I don't think she's put out any recent music, but I loved Shania Twain. So did you ever get it like a sighting? Like, did you get to see her? No. Well, actually I was really young. I had no idea, but we were probably living very close because it's not a big city, but I didn't know her personally as she's older than me. So we didn't go to school together or hang out, anything like that. Mm. But it kind of gives a bookmark for people because it's like the only celebrity that would know about it. You're from Canada, so I don't know if you'd be familiar, but my hometown where I live has Tony Romo, the quarterback who used to be, he used to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Now he is a like commentator for football, but um, yeah. So we all have, you know, somebody that nobody like actually, yeah, I get it. (laughs) All right. And now today you are an intuitive life coach and you read Akashic records. So I would love for you to just tell me a little bit about that journey going from the kid who was skidooing to, and what did you want to be when you grew up? Do you remember? Oh yes. So imagine that my dream was to become a mathematics teacher. Oh, not just a teacher, but from <laughs> a math. math. Yep. God bless you. Cause I, <laughs> my, this is no joke. My sixth grade daughter came to me last night asking me how to do, I don't even know something with quotients mm. and I, I don't even know. And I was like, please go ask your older sister. <laughs> I do not know how to do this. <laughs> so God bless you for wanting to be a math teacher. Nope. Not, not my forte. Mm -mm. Okay. So how did, how did we go from wanting to be a math teacher to where we are today? I would love to hear more. Okay. Great question. So, yes. So I did go down a certain route of 
doing a lot of project management. I worked a lot with community organizations, humanitarian work. I've been affected in different countries and cities around the world. And then there came a point to my great surprise where it's as though life, my intuition, this inner nudging was telling me to sort of break up with my passion. Like this relationship is over. And I was like, what? And it was so strong inside of me. And I just couldn't believe it because I had spent 10 years in love with going abroad and just participating to all of these community projects in project management. And so I had to seriously sit down with myself, which I didn't do a lot of at the time. I was a very, very busybody, hyper passionate. So going left and right on anything and everything. And I wanted to do everything. And so it's as though life was halting me and saying, stop, what? And I remember sending out like 50 resumes for a position because they were always contracts. I never had a permanent job out of my own choice. And no one responded except this one company in Amsterdam that said I had arrived like number 22 out of 120 candidates. I thought that was an amazing recruitment system, but I never got any job. So all of this to say that I was kind of forced to really question where I was at in my professional life. And so I consulted my very first intuitive life coach without having any idea that I'd one day become one. And she gave me this homework assignment to write out on a piece of paper, what do you seriously, passionately, truly want? And she said, Lynn, forget about any titles because I had a university academic background and titles were everything. She said, don't put a title on it. Just let yourself write the answers. And I just stared at her like, uh, okay. And she said, well, just lend yourself to this exercise, write this question down. And if it takes you two weeks to answer, like take the time, there might come one answer, then three days later, another, et cetera. So I just accepted. And I said, okay, well, let's try this to my great surprise. So I sat down with a journal and I wrote that question down in bold letters with a marker. And then I took a pencil or pen, whatever. And then I allowed myself to answer and oh my goodness, it took me less than 30 minutes and I had points jotted down. For example, help people evolve in consciousness, be a consultant in self-development and not in project management. I don't know, something like listen to your heart. All these things were jotting down and I couldn't believe they were being written by my hand. And so following her homework assignment, she told me, I want you to look at this sheet of paper with your answers for two weeks, just once a day without giving it any other attention, and then see what happens. Two or three weeks, I think she said. So I started reading it every single day. It was my, by my bedside table. So, and then all of a sudden, I think it was within 10 days. For the very, very first time in my life, I saw the term Akashic Records on internet. And this was in 2010 when there was not a lot of literature on it at all. And all of a sudden, something inside of me lit up. And I remember being alone in front of the computer and it was like 2 a.m. 
And I had just surfed from page to page to link to link to find out more and more and more about the Akashic Records. And I thought, oh my God, I'm on to something here. And so following that event, I um, went to my favorite spiritual bookstore, which was on the way to my parents' cottage, which I only visited four or five times a year, this bookstore. And so as I entered, I'm telling you, this force just turned my head right. And I looked at the table and on the display table was this orange book in French. And it said, how to read your Akashic records. And I was in complete disbelief. So very silently, I walked and I walked to the book on the table and I decided to open it up randomly. I closed my eyes and I said, okay, what message do I need here? Opened it up and it literally said, like black on white, if you are called to read this book, consider it an international call from the universe. And I was like, I just silently shut the book, went to the cash, didn't look at anything else, bought the book, got out of the store and said, thank you in prayer position to the universe outside. And after that, I ended up calling the author of the book. And without even knowing what the Akashic records were, I didn't even read the book. I told her because I saw she was giving a teacher training and I called her really excited. And this is Linda Howe. And I said, I want to teach people. And she said, okay, Lynn, let's back it up a little bit. (laughs) And she informed me that there was going to be an introduction to the Akashic Records workshop in Salem, Massachusetts, the city of witches. So I could drive from Montreal and attend. And so that's what I did. And then simultaneously, I was out of curiosity taking neuro-linguistic programming coaching training. And so I signed up for that as an introductory. Then I liked it. I signed up for the first level of NLP training. And then I liked it. And after that, I signed up for the master practitioner. And I said, okay. And I finished that. And I'm like, hey, I'm a life coach. So because I combined Akashic Records with NLP, then I called myself an intuitive life coach. Oh my gosh, that story. (laughs) There's so many things I like want to unpack there. There's so many good things. So I loved the exercise that your coach gave to you. What do you, what impact do you think that had? Do you think that ultimately led you to the Akashic records or was there more to that? Just, you know, looking at that for two or three weeks every day. Yes. I love your question. So absolutely. That particular exercise was exactly what attracted me to the the Akashic records. And it also made me realize that if I would have been focused on the titles, the way I was before, I would have never in a million years come up with that term. So I absolutely love that exercise. And it, when I looked back at all of the points I had written down, it answered perfectly everything I was looking for. That is amazing. I love that. And when you were talking and you were talking about the orange book and the, how to learn Akashic records, I knew exactly you were talking about Linda Howe. I have her book on my bookshelf. I love it. So you actually got to talk to her. That's amazing. 
I did. I actually, so that first time was my first contact with her over the phone. And I sounded like a kid who wanted her candy now. <laughs> but then I met her in person. Oh, yes, I think you'll love this anecdote. So I drove to Salem, Massachusetts for the first time in my life. And there were, we were 35 people. And I was the only one with the orange book because the English version is a blue book. And I was the only French speaking, the only Canadian. And then she asked a question to all of us and she said, okay, so who has been here for the first time? So I raised my hand and a few others. And she looked at me and she said, oh no, Lynn, we've been here before burning. <laughs> And so, and then from then on, like, I think I went five or six times, like I followed all of my trainings with her in person in either Chicago or Massachusetts at Kripalu as well. So yeah, I've met her several times. Oh, that's amazing. I swear my book is orange. Now you've got me thinking maybe it is blue. I don't know. I think I have an orange book from her, but anyway. Okay, that could be, that could be. (laughs) So I... You and I are very familiar with what the Akashic Records are, but for my listeners who don't know what it is, could you explain what the Akashic Records are and how you best connect to them? Okay. The Akashic Records, first of all, they are infinite. And so I will explain the way I perceive it. So it is sort of like the archives of your soul of its journey throughout time. So from when your soul left the source until it goes back to source. So it is a lot. It's sort of like the Google of your soul, like all of your experiences throughout all of your uh, dimensions or incarnations. The Akashic Records are what I've found is sort of like the memory in one way at the memory of your experiences so that your soul can remember everything it lived if it wants to can retrieve it it can also serve as guidance because it is your from your soul's perspective so when you're in this earthly life and you have no idea why certain patterns are happening to you over and over and your mind is trying to think of reasons or explanations but when you get the soul perspective from your Akashic Records, it's just amazing. And that allows for a lot of illumination, insight, and acceptance. And as soon as you become aware of something, then you've illuminated that situation. And it can literally change just like that, if you wish. And it can transform. So every time you open your Akashic Records, something subtle is happening. And it can also serve for creativity. Even if you have a business or if you're an artist or any kind of guidance you would like for your next best steps. I love, love, love working with my Akashic Records and for my clients as well for the next best steps. Or if you're in a dilemma, because you can ask, okay, what is best for my highest good between this, this and this scenario? That's amazing. So how do you connect to your records if someone has never done this before and they're like well that sounds super cool and i would like to have this source telling me what decisions i should be making how would someone connect to that the akashic records different people connect with using different modalities or techniques some do it through meditation i personally use a prayer there are several prayers as well because i've read other books or seen other practitioners 
And so it all depends. And each soul or each person might be attracted to a certain way to open their records, depending on how they feel, who they are. And I've also learned soul realignment with Andrea Hess, which is using a pendulum. And then you open the records. And so there are different means. And then you can also explore different ways and you see what feels best for you. Yeah. I know Linda Howe in her books, she has a prayer. And I remember when I was reading some of her books, I don't know if I've read them all. I've read several of her books. And I was like, I'm just not connecting with this prayer. Like it's just not feeling right in my body, you know? And so I kind of came up with my own thing. So I do kind of go through a meditation. I do have a pendulum. I don't know that I've used it yeah, I have used it actually in my Akashic records. It's it's been a minute since I've been in my records, but um, now you're inspiring me to to go back in. Just even like you said, just when you're kind of stuck between a couple of things, it's like, do I do this or this? You know, and I do think we inherently know a lot of the answers that we're seeking, but it's nice to almost have this like validation or this other source of guidance for us. So that's, that's always nice to kind of have in your back pocket. So yeah, I definitely highly recommend the Linda Howe books. I know there's a ton of information, like you were saying how, when you very first got interested, like it wasn't a thing, but you were like, oh my gosh, I I need to find out more. And so you're just like finding as much information as you could. And I have not known about the Akashic records for that long. I want to say maybe three years. So there was much more information out there when I first got interested in it. So now is a good time, you know, for people who are interested, you can, there is a lot out there. So amazing, amazing information. Um, You mentioned having many lifetimes. I'm just curious because you have studied directly under Linda Howe. There's conflicting, I'll say information that I have found about how many lifetimes our souls have. Do you or do does Linda have an opinion on, you know, is it hundreds? Is it thousands? Is it tens of thousands? Like, I'm just so curious. Like, I've heard many times I'm an old soul. And then I've heard, you know, I've had a couple hundred lifetimes, but then I'm like, well, if there's 10,000, like a couple hundreds, nothing, you know? <laughs> so I'm just curious to hear your thoughts. Well, that's a very good question. Like we've never covered that in any of the trainings. And I personally never had the curiosity to ask my own Akashic records. Um, I have read in Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh that he personally got an answer when he was writing his book that he had over 700 lifetimes. I have no idea, actually. Honestly, I don't. I feel like I'm an old soul as well. Like I when people ask me my age, I don't feel like I have an age. I'm ageless. So I always answer, I'm two years old or 2000 years old. I don't know. <laughs> I love that answer. I, well, and you know, I always give my actual age, but I never, I always have to think about it. First of all, I, it's like not top of mind. And I feel like a kid most of the time. So age and time are really nothing anyways. <laughs> Exactly. We're just, we're born a certain day, but we accumulate experiences. So I know we talked a little bit about if you're kind of 
struggling with a decision, or if you're not sure why this, a certain lesson keeps coming back to you, those can show up in your Akashic records. What other kind of information can you find in your records? There's so many informations you can find. So for example, I've always found also like your own Akashic records, the way you're connected to them and what type of information you'll receive will also be linked to who you are kind of thing in the sense that let's say you're a biologist and you love the human body and biology so probably your Akashic records when you ask questions in regards to that you'll have a lot of information coming through about you know it could be highly technical or precise because you already know that so it could be help any health, you don't need to be a biologist to ask about your health or your body. You know, if you're suffering on the left shoulder, you can go and ask your Kashic records, there might be a spiritual condition to that. And then it might help you to heal it. And then of course, there might be a physical aspect to it that you'll have to still do certain things. You can also ask your Kashic records about your pets. Because animals also have Akashic records and I've had clients consult me because their dog was depressed and what their Akashic records had to say literally saved the day in the sense that then they knew what was going on with the dog and they could explain what the dog needed. For example, someone that loves crystals, crystals are dimensions of consciousness. So you can totally open up the records of your crystals or your own records and see what your connection is with the crystal. And then it can help you. You can have, you can open the Akashic records of a space. I sometimes do property clearings. And so there can be a lot of energy either in your home, in your apartment, in your office space, or any other kind of physical address space and so that could be very interesting as well because there can be some interference happening which is not allowing you to be your full divine self-expression that Um, makes so much sense to me because I've I've walked into spaces before and you can feel there is an energy you know I was actually just talking to some of my girlfriends not too long ago about, you know, is that spirits? Is that ghosts? Is that, you know, whatever. Um, But it could also be, like you said, it could be just something from the space itself, you know, and who knows what happened in these spaces before we got here. So that's super cool. And you can see, I love my crystals here. All I've got a ton more that you can't even see behind <laughs> me, <laughs> but I never thought to like go into the records of crystals or even, you know, I have a dog that I, I love dearly. I never thought to go into her records. Do you access them the same way, whether it's crystals, animals, spaces, or is it a little bit different? So what happens is that for instance, for animals or crystals, like I'll access the person, the client's records, and then you can ask a question, you in regards to that pet or that crystal, if you wish. Um, I haven't accessed directly, but apparently we can access, for instance, the oceans, we can access nature. I love nature. I could ask access like a particular tree if I want, flowers, plants, so many things. And I know that Sometimes parents, they would like to access directly their child's Akashic record, but that we don't necessarily do. So you go through the parent and you ask a question in regards to you with the child, like, what is it that you're wondering? 
And that can also help a lot. Even in a love relationship, tons of my clients have questions around that. Oh, that makes sense to me. Yeah, because everyone has free will, right? And so you can't, it's almost intrusive, almost if you go into someone else's records. But when you ask something through your own in relation to this other person, you're not intruding on anyone's space and you're still allowing the other people to have their own free will. Exactly. Exactly. So this is my personal choice. Like I do not wish to be the intruder. And so, but it is possible, like very often, if you're wondering something about someone, then you must be included somehow. So it's always possible to open your Akashic records and then ask questions so that it can help you in this relationship or connection or whatever it is. Mm, That's beautiful. So you also mentioned something called NLP, which neuro linguistic programming. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay. What (laughs) is that? And why is it important? Neuro linguistic programming. So that's a type of coaching. So our brain has millions of neurons. And what happens is that without us realizing, like we have networks that are connected together and they can create programs. So for instance, let's say every time I have a glass of wine without any liquid in it, normally I'll already start feeling joyful, just holding it in my hand, you know, because I'm holding it and all the neurons go like a domino effect. It goes at the end, it goes, okay, happiness, joyful, celebration, something like that, depending on what I've programmed myself with it. Whereas if I receive an invitation to a funeral, just holding that card, I might feel sadness like without even going. So we have like tons and tons of programming and a lot of them are subconscious. And what happens is that every time you have a subconscious programming, even though your conscious mind wants something, the subconscious will always win. So for example, if someone says, I want to be a multimillionaire, which sounds like a great idea, you know, but your subconscious has this program of you've been highly abusive with power and money and you turned so greedy, you lost everyone and you killed millions of people in a past life. If you haven't healed that programming, you're never going to win that. You won't have access to that money to not be able to repeat that experience. For example, another example could be someone that wants to lose weight. A lot of people might not be happy with the way their body is. So yay, I'm going to pay a trainer. I'm going to start a diet. I'm going to work out. Okay, fine. This is all conscious mind. But if subconsciously you have this, it's impossible for me to achieve this goal because I don't feel that I can, let's say. So you have no idea that that is there, but this is going to win over your conscious mind. So NLP really helps in sort of highlighting these programs and then reprogramming them. Mm, Okay. I'm familiar with that. I I was not um, familiar with the NLP. So that makes a ton of sense to me. And like, Yeah. A lot of like the Joe Dispenza work where he like reprograms the mind and that kind of thing. I just read today that 
90%, no, 98% of our lives are governed by our subconscious. So when we say things like, I want to lose weight, that 2% of our conscious mind that's going to change our eating or work out more or whatever, it doesn't stand a chance unless we start actually fixing the subconscious thoughts that and beliefs that are in there telling us, you know, you can't, you'll always be heavy, you're big boned, you know, all those things that we've, you know, been told as a kid or, you know, that we just have those beliefs and we compare ourselves now that we have the internet, we compare ourselves to everyone's highlight reels, right? Yeah. So that's super fascinating. So you incorporate that into your work? Yes. So I, there are NLP techniques that exist so that you can reprogram whatever's not serving you anymore. I also love to use the Akashic records. So sometimes I have a mix of both. And yes, I just love they're both resources that I find highly helpful. And I also have my own intuition. I receive a lot of insights and downloads just very naturally. So a combination of all of this, which makes me an intuitive life coach. Mm, Yeah. Let's talk about intuition for just a minute, because I am also highly intuitive and it's a skill I've honed over time because you start to think you're crazy for a while, or at least I did. Mm. (laughs) It's like, I just knew things, but I didn't know why I knew them Mm. or how I knew them or anything like that. And it really has to do with getting out of your head and more into your heart space. So I would love to know if you have any tips for how do you quiet the mind and stop giving those thoughts so much airtime so that you can let your intuition come through? Yes, I love that question. So I've always found that for quieting the mind, especially if you've had like your monkey mind really, really activated, I always compare it to the karaoke singer that's had the microphone and doesn't want to give it away. Like, I'm singing. Like, no, I'm not going to. So it's about at least taking a bit of time out, getting away from that microphone. So I love it when people can just stay in silence. And oftentimes it will probably not happen if you're in your familiar environment. Like if you're in your, you know, at home in an office space, like I would recommend going in a neutral environment. And especially if you can connect with nature, because nature can have a stillness to it. And if you're in silence, I always find that nature connects us to our own nature, to our essence. And I've seen a lot of people feel very uncomfortable with this in the beginning because they're itching, they're nervous. You know, it's going to be like, ah, what do I do? What do I do? This is boring. Like all these thoughts are going to pop up just like popcorn, (laughs) but give it a chance because after a while, everything is going to calm down. So a bit like when you go snorkeling, you're at the surface, but if you go deeper and deeper and deeper, you go scuba diving then it gets really dark and you hear nothing and you see nothing. So it's a little bit like that. So I would advise you to just give yourself this breathing space and don't put yourself any pressure to achieve any kind of outcome. Just start by maybe even just being aware of your breath and your body and disconnecting from the outside. I think that would be the first step. Because it is when we are not really focused on anything particular, then intuition or inspirations come. When people are learning to trust their intuition, 
because it generally is something that's real quiet in the beginning is what I have found. What do you think really stops people from like following that intuitive voice? Like they, I feel like people get in their heads after, you know, so they get this intuitive hit, this download, and then they talk themselves out of it. So what do you think people can do to allow that intuition and their, what their heart is saying to actually come through and so that they trust it a little bit more? Okay. I love that question. So personally, I found that writing it down really helped when you're writing you're and this is not like, I'm not using a computer. I'm using paper and a pen or pencil then you write it down, then your entire body is participating to this. So it's as though there's something being computed that's not just coming from your brain. It's using your body. So when you write it down, you're connecting to other parts of yourself. And it's okay. Just, it's okay if you're judging yourself. It's okay if you're second guessing, like, don't put that pressure, just let it be. But You'll notice that if you would practice this regularly, let's say a 30-day challenge or whatever it would be, even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes or however long, you'll notice some changes happening after a while. Because in the beginning, it's really uncomfortable for the ego mind to be put on hold or like not given the full attention. But after a while, it'll adapt and you'll you'll go scuba diving. You'll discover other parts of you not just that one and it's true though that it's we live in a society where everything is overly stimulated and so we now need to purposefully and consciously choose to cut a lot of things out because just standing there and doing nothing you can get bombarded with information um, thoughts everything so it's as though we've been put on this high-speed train. <laughs> Look at all this coming in, 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 in. And then we're asked to be still. Okay. But remember that you're allowed to get off of that train. Like, don't feel obliged to always keep busy. And I remember once, this was hilarious. I was at a point in my life where I was in between. So I had left the humanitarian community development world and I was, you know, going down the route without knowing I'd become an entrepreneur, intuitive life coach. So I had no contract, no job, no thing, nothing. And I wanted to do yoga. I love yoga. And all of a sudden I woke up in the morning and I was single, I had no children, no one living with me in my apartment. I woke up in the morning and I said, oh, I want to do yoga. And this voice said, you don't have time for that. And I answered, oh, yes, that's true. <laughs> what? So that is how subtle this, these voices can pop up. So once, if, if you wish, you could do this homework assignment, like this exploration assignment for seven days. So write down something, one to three things you really, really want to do then start doing it. It could be very small. It could be, I want to make myself a smoothie every day. It could be, I want to do yoga, whatever it is you want to do. And then once you're doing it, or it could be, I want to connect with my intuition and go in nature or be silent, write down what 
these little voices are telling you, oh, you don't have time for this. So what's going to happen is you will empower yourself because these little voices will not control your day, your decisions, or your actions because they are playing you over and over again. And if, and they're really, really slick and subtle, just like snakes, like you won't hear them or like, you won't even notice the fact that I answered, yes, I don't have time. Like what? And I was literally convinced, but thanks to that little exploration, then I got out of that. So I really, really questioned myself and double questioned. Okay. I want to do this. Can I, if the voices pop, okay, but I'm still doing this. I so love that one way of doing it. Yeah. And I think too, it's interesting when you take a step back and look at it, like if your intuition is telling you to take a a different way to work, for example, and you're like, no, I always take this way. I'm going this way. And then you find out, you know, traffic is backed up because there was an accident or whatever. I think it's interesting to look at it and be like, what do I have to lose if I go a different way to work today? Like, just try it, like see what happens, you know? Exactly. I love that. Put yourself in a curiosity mode. Yeah. And just allow yourself, okay, I wonder what would happen or let's try this without having any expectation. It really, really helps. Amazing. I love your energy so, so much. I would love for you to tell my listeners where is the best place to find you and how can they work with you? Okay, so I do have a website, which is www.lynnemarion.com, so lynnmarion.com, and I'm also on Facebook or Instagram at lynn.inspirations, and you can contact me, we can have private sessions, whether it's NLP life coaching, if you'd like help, guidance with achieving a goal or a state of being, or we could explore your Kashik records together. It would be my absolute pleasure. I also offer group workshops. I'm having one that's called infuse yourself with peace, for example, but they have different themes at different dates. Amazing. And we can all use more peace in this world for (laughs) sure. So I will make sure I link everything in the show notes for my listeners. Before I let you go, I like to ask my guests five questions so that my listeners can get to know you a little bit better and they're different for everybody. So you don't have to answer quickly. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. What is your favorite way to show up for yourself as it relates to self-care? I have adopted heartfulness meditation and it has changed my life. And that is my number one priority. Every day I meditate. So is heartfulness meditation different than regular meditation or is it all the same? It's different because the unique feature and element is it's pranahuti, the yogic transmission, which is the energy from source itself. So it's amazing. And it's free of charge, by the way, anyone around the world can practice. You connect, there's an app, heartfulness app. But you can also connect with heartfulness trainers and our groups around the world. And you can have an individual practice. So it's um, packed with resources. Oh, amazing. I have never heard of that before. I will check it out. What were you doing the last time that you lost track of time? I was staring at the water. I love, love, love water. So I live close to a lake. And I especially love the ocean, which I don't live close by now. 
But yes, I have no idea how long I can stay there or I just get lost and I become one. I feel the same. I love water. I have told my kids once they're out of school, I am moving to an ocean front property somewhere. I <laughs> preferably one without hurricanes, but you know, well, I'll, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, same. I could get just lost in staring at the water and like no two waves are the same. And like, it's just, and the sound and oh my goodness, I love it. All right. How would your best friend describe you? As a positive cheerleader and who's unpredictable because I always have different projects going on. So they don't know what to expect. I feel like routine and being the same is highly overrated. So (laughs) I love that you're spontaneous and no one knows what to expect from you. That's amazing. What does the world need more of? I would say pure love. That is our essence. And the more you tap into that, the more you receive it, the more you experience it, and the more you are that, the better you feel over and over. And it just, love can engulf anything and it can transmute anything. And it's amazing how much it touches by you radiating love, like how many different lives you can touch, you know? So I love that. All right. Last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Have fun. Like (laughs) born a Scorpio rising Virgo. I'm a highly perfectionist. And so I could be very hard on myself, although I've always been a joyful person. And so I would have high expectations and I'd want the outcome to be perfect. Let's say. But then you can spend so much time and energy on that. Whereas if you're just having fun and you're allowed to make mistakes or it's allowed to be wobbly or whatever it is, and then it'll change everything because it's so much lighter and you can laugh at yourself, which I know how to do. But I would definitely tell my younger self that because she wanted to figure it out so well and it has to be like perfect or almost perfect. And none of that is happening. (laughs) Life is throwing you like left and right and you wanted to go straight and that is not on the schedule of the divine plan. So I love it. Mm, I resonate with that. So I am someone, I think I had a lot of fun when I was younger and then I went through this period of life and things that happen in the world kind of told me that having fun should not happen because you should be serious about everything. Mm. And so I think I forgot how to have fun, but Mm. I am a Virgo sun. And my Saturn is in Leo. So even though Leo is the fun, charismatic sign, my Saturn sits there, which is all about discipline and rules and all these things. So, <laughs> like I, I've been very serious for very much of my mm. life. And now in these last couple of years, I'm learning how to have fun again. So oh. I love that that's your message for your younger self, because <laughs> this entire world could use more fun. Yes. Yes, it just changes everything because it, it, you kind of go in wonderment. You kind of like say, okay, I wonder what's going to happen. Okay. And then if it explodes, then it explodes and we're going to deal with it once, you know, instead of trying to micromanage or plan everything until the end point. That is mm-hmm. exhausting, exhausting. But yes, fun just adds a lot of joy. Like I see sparkles going off or fireworks 
throughout the process. That's what happens. Mm, I love that visualization. (laughs) That is the perfect way to wrap this up with sparkles and fireworks. So (laughs) I want to thank you so much for being here. I have loved this conversation. Your energy is magnetic. So I know that my listeners are going to love you so much. And thank you for being here today. Thank you so, so much. And I look forward to connecting with you all. I really loved this conversation so much, but one of the things that I want to repeat because it's so important is to really stay in a state of curiosity. When we think we have it all figured out and we know how everything is going to go or how it should go, we lose out on living in a state of wonder. Now, this is a skill that we have to put effort into because our brains are wired to predict everything in our lives so that the brain doesn't have to work so hard. Whether that's the route you drive to work or what you eat for lunch every day or what seat you choose on the couch, our brains thrive on routine and prediction. After about the age of seven, curiosity doesn't come as naturally to us, so we actually have to think about it. We have to make a decision to see things through the lens of curiosity. So I invite you to try it. Instead of just knowing how something is supposed to go, maybe try things a different way or dig into why something is the way it is. It could just be the key to unlocking something really big for you. Links to connect with Lynn are in today's show notes. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. We need people to have more conversations that matter. And by leaving a review, you help my podcast get seen by more people. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. Hey, I know anxiety can be a real pain in the ass. That's why I've taken 20 of my favorite tried and true tricks to tame anxiety and I put them in a free PDF for you. Whether anxiety rears its ugly head once in a while or it's something you deal with chronically, I've got you covered. You'll be empowered to find out what techniques work best for you and start taking control of your anxiety instead of it controlling you. If you're ready to start feeling better, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio and I'll send it right over. 